0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network.
1: This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to archpodnet.com slash members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to archpodnet.com slash members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process, that's arcpodnet.com/members. Ancient
0: tools and burials, plants and seeds, Neanderthal. Welcome to the
1: Archaeological Fantasies podcast, episode 79. I'm your host, Sarah Head, with my co-hosts on vacation tonight. Today we're talking with Fernanda Menendez. About the Easter Island Statues, more commonly known as the Moai Statues. We talk about the culture of the Moai Statues, of the people that live on the island who created them, about the history of the statues, and we talk about the giant claw UFO that placed all of the statues all around the island. Get ready to think critically.
0: Funny beady blokes, you will see, are a staple of archaeology we don't do dinosaurs, no we don't do dinosaurs. Hey everyone and
1: welcome to the Archaeological no. Fantasies podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I am here by myself today, except for my wonderful guest host who is going to be with me. Um, Fernanda, can you introduce yourself to our audience, please?
0: Hey, um, my name is Fernanda Menezes. I'm a Chilean archaeologist. I live in the other side of the world. Uh, I did my thesis on uh, tobacco and archaeobotany and experimental archaeology, and by no means I'm an expert on the subject today, but still, I'd love to talk about it.
1: (laughs) And today we are going to be discussing the Easter Island statues, or uh, the Moai, as they're known. And Fernanda, you say you're not an expert, but we brought you on the show because you know quite a bit about them, don't you?
0: Yeah, uh, we saw. We studied them here at the University in Chile. We had classes on them. And uh, I went into being uh, a volunteer in the Funk Museum here in, some, in, in Viña del Mar. And uh, they have the largest collection of uh, Rapa Nui archaeological items outside of the island. So yeah, it, it was quite a topic there. So. Uh, Before we get
1: too deep into this uh, discussion, because of course it's archief fantasy, so we're going to talk about the ridiculousness behind uh, the images of the Sur statues as they're used. But can you give us a little bit of background on um, what the Malay statues are and what Rapa Nui is, just for people who may not be familiar with those things?
0: Sure. Um, Easter Island, or Tepito Tehenua, it's an island in the middle of the Pacific it's approximately uh, uh 3600 kilometers or um, 22,000 miles from the coast of Chile uh, it's a it has a volcanic origin uh and it is mostly known uh for uh for being the island which uh the Rapa Nui culture was found in the 1700s uh and Basically, it went wildly famous when they they not only discovered this island in the middle of nowhere that had people living on it, but also that these people had uh, made a lot of statues, huge, enormous statues that they called Moai. And they were all over the island. So, yes. <laughs> and,
1: and the Moai statues, for a long time, um, most people will know what we're talking about because we're talking about the giant stone heads that you see almost always in cartoons and stuff, buried in the ground. Or uh, occasionally you'll get that really majestic picture of all of the, the statues all lined up and they're sitting on a, a big stone base and they seem to be going from tallest to shortest. Um, so those are real common images that we've seen. Um, but you were saying that the statues weren't, they're the Moai culture, not Moai, I'm sorry, the Rapa Nui culture wasn't even discovered until the 1700s, Right.
0: Yes, it was discovered uh by Dutch sailors uh in the seventeen hundreds and uh on Easter day so that's why the name was Easter island and um yeah, and mostly the first encounters were like really nice like Europeans got to the island they got to meet uh the Indians who lived there uh uh, they made a few reports. Uh, they took a few moais with them, and everything was kind of fine, up until uh, the 1800s, where uh, Peruvian sailors—not the navy—I I want to establish that—Peruvian sailors uh, sailed to the island looking, and they were slavers. So these are Peruvian so they slavers who were looking
1: for. Stop. Yeah,
0: looking for bounty. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and it it is kind of a tragic story because their culture was uh, practically wiped out. Uh, In between, they got the slaves from the island, more than a thousand slaves. They sent them to Peru. And after a few years, when finally slavery was abolished in Peru, uh, they let them go back to Easter Island. uh, These few survivors. Uh, But they got smallpox in Callao Port. So when they got back to the island, they kind of wiped out the rest of the population. So up, and up to the end of the 1800s, um, there were less or uh, 110 survivors, like Rapa Nui survivors.
1: Now, but this doesn't mean that the Rapa Nui culture or the Rapa Nui people are uh, gone. They're still living people, correct?
0: Yes, there is are still living people. They're a very thriving culture. Uh, they feel very proud of their traditions, they, uh, they have a lot of uh, different ceremonies on the island, uh, they uh, tend to teach a lot to the new generations, not only their language but also uh, the different uh, myths uh, of origin, the legends of the island, the history of the different um, uh, chiefs that the island had uh, after the first uh, chief arrived, which uh, he's called Hotumotua, uh, which was the first tariki to arrive on the island, and they're very proud of that, and they're very proud people, and um, they they sometimes get a bit um uh, in they they some I think that they may feel sometimes invisible right next to the why they are so huge in in to the rest of the world. But yeah, they're living there, they're thriving there, and they, they're very amazing culture.
1: Now, the statues themselves, um, and I think you've mentioned this, uh, the statues themselves don't... What do the statues represent? Because it, that has been a, a, a debate for a long time, but, but you've mentioned what the statues themselves are supposed to represent to the Rapa Nui, right? Well, this...
0: Uh, well, the statues themselves are in the oral tradition of the Rapanui, and and up, and to them to them up to this day represent their ancestors. The statue is a representation of an, an ancestor, and it is it is erected on a stone platform called ahu, and these ahu are located in different parts on the island that have ceremonial meaning for their families. So the moai, the stone moai, it's a representation of an ancestor that it's looking towards the family land and protecting it and uh, sacralizing it through their eyes.
1: So they're making it, they're using the statues to make the land sacred. Exactly. So now the statues, um, People are really familiar with the statues because they, as we'll discuss later, they're all over the place. They're they're a pretty popular pop culture symbol. Um, They're used both inside and outside of the fringe. Um, So uh, most people may be familiar with the statues because they've seen a movie like Night at the Museum. or the most recent ones that I can think of with the big talking head that likes to chew on bubble gum. And I can't think of another movie where there's been a, a statue as a character. but a lot of times when we're shown these statues, they're just they look very blocky, very rough. Like there's not a lot of detail on them, or if there had been a lot of detail, it was scuffed off or something. But the statues themselves are actually, you know, they're huge and they're they're very detailed. Are they not?
0: Yeah. uh Even though the the outer well, the statues yeah. themselves are made of uh, Toba volcanic rock. It's a type, It's an igneous kind of rock. And, uh, even though the, uh, the main frame of the tattoo is kind of blocky, the statue uh, itself may have a lot of different representations. Some of them presents different designs and, uh, those designs are a presentation of the uh, tattoos that people have. So, uh. Of course, like uh, for a foreigner, more so of these designs wouldn't have any meaning, but to the islanders, they did, and that's some of the reasons why the first representations of the Moai didn't have this type of designs. But they're, they're all over the island, and they're very intricate and very precise. So the so the
1: statues are tattooed, and you're saying that the the tattoos mean different things. Do we know what the different um do we as archaeologists and people who are studying the culture, do we know what those tattoos mean? Or is that kind of a lost, kind of like a lost language? Because the Rapa Nui also have a written language, do they not?
0: Yeah, they, they did. Uh, the truth is that if, if they did, I would probably have to consult some document because I actually can't remember. I know that most of the symbols that they use in their body had some sort of representations toward their family. But I'm I'm not sure if it's part of the Rongorongo language that you're referring to, Um, and the Rongorongo language it's uh, basically what we know as the only Polynesian written language, which is found on the uh, on on the Rapanui Rongorongo tablets, and it's uh, a very detailed symbolic um representations of, with representations of different animals. Uh you know that it's part of a, a very intricate uh, written language, but regrettably that knowledge was lost when the Peruvians took the took the slaves.
1: Oh wow. Okay.
0: Now the
1: you're saying the Runga Runga tablets and I know I said that wrong. <laughs> But um, what are what are these
0: tablets? You're doing fine. (laughs) What are the what are the tablets? The ronga tablets itself are wooden tablets with uh, the representations of a lot of symbols that uh, language languages. (laughs) uh, I'm sorry, uh, linguists. My English. That's right, linguists. (laughs) Linguists (laughs) uh, have identified as a very complex written language. And uh, it's, I, I don't know how to explain it precisely, it's an ideogram, it's, but and they, they know that it's something that it, it's an idea that it's written, like um, a Maya type of hieroglyphic. So
1: it's, but it's, it's, a, it's a hieroglyphic uh, that kind of language? It, it,
0: yeah, it's a hieroglyphic kind of language, but uh, regrettably that, that all is, that, that's all lost. And... Uh, the funny thing is that even though they're the only Polynesian culture that has it, um, they uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, in their oral tradition, they actually brought the, 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 tablets, the tablets with them when they migrated from other island from another island to Easter Island. They brought it with them.
1: So in their oral tradition, they, the, the first chief, is he credited with bringing them with them or is, was someone else credited with that?
0: No, someone else is credited with that. Uh it, it doesn't have a specific name. It just says that they're like wise men that, that knew how to rid them. Okay. And and did these people come with the first chief? Yes.
1: So this is something that according to their oral tradition they've had since they were since their people were founded.
0: Exactly. Okay. So it's a but so it's, it's not really not something old that language. they Yeah. Uh actually that's one of the um I, because of the 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 huge discussion that uh, has been going on over the last, I don't know, um, 50 years of, almost about how and when the island was populated. There has been a lot of analysis of, uh, a lot of chronology analysis. Uh, I don't know if you're, okay, that it's that uh, when linguists try to determine when language separated from their mother branch, etc. And um they try to and and they place the the division of this language like really far like at least uh uh twelve hundred years ago. Okay. So that would be around uh eighteen hundred. Uh, I don't mean, know. I'm sorry. Eight hundred after Christ, AD. So eight hundred AD. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. And we don't, and we've lost the ability to translate this out because of the the devastation that the smallpox and the slavery had on the population um, during the 1800s. Has there been, do you know, has there been much success in translating the language? Like recently, like have Uh, they made any kind of inroads
0: whatsoever? uh, No, I'm really sorry to say that they haven't. It would be awesome. I mean, not only awesome, incredible for them as a culture to get that bug, but sadly, no. There hasn't been any type of advance in that. Okay. that well, I that's of. unfortunate. It really is
1: unfortunate that it's like, a little, I mean, we're still working on it, but it's just unfortunate that we like lost all that information. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've, we've talked about uh, the Rapinui, we've talked about the Rangarona tablets, which is really actually kind of amazing that the tablets, that the wooden tablets themselves have ex- Lasted this long how long are, how long does how old is the wood that the tablets are on? do we know because it's really no, weird actually. it's really rare for wood to last this long
0: I don't know if the if the wood itself uh has been dated has been carbon dated but um taking into account that it could have lasted the last two hundred years like it's not necessarily like they didn't have to. That even though they say that they brought the tablets and language with them, I don't think it's viable to say that the, the tablets are um, 1,200 years old. Like, right, they right, right, could right, right. have copied them. Right, exactly. So, but still having the I'm, artifacts. I'm, no, I'm, yeah, but there are so few of them. I don't know if they've been carbon dated. I know that there are really few of them. Uh, there are only, uh, there, I think there's only one in continental Chile. Just so that oh, wow. you can have an idea. Like, there's only one. The, the rest of them are all replicas uh, made mm-hmm. in the last, I don't know, 50 years. Um, and so I'm not really sure that uh, if they would get a permit to carbon date it. Like, you would have to break apart some part of it.
1: Right, and right. And
0: I'm not really sure that you would be able to do it.
1: And I can understand why they would be reluctant. Now, do, yeah. the, do the Rapa Nui themselves, they manage their own... Um, do they keep track of their own cultural material on their island? Do they run their own museums or that kind of stuff? Or do they has most of their culture been um, appropriated by other cultures who are taking care of it in their own museums? Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh,
0: one thing that you can <laughs> one thing that uh, uh, you can kind of be sure is that that has happened in the islands. Like for the last few years, there's like I would say twenty to fifteen years. There has been a lot of involvement of Rapanui archaeologists. But before that, uh, the, first, the first person to uh, study the island on a systematical, archaeological point of view was Thor Her- Heredal. And he was known, <laughs> he was a guy known yeah. for having this hyper-diffusionism theory of the population of Polynesia, uh, not from Polynesia to America, but from America to Polynesia. And he built a huge, amazing, uh, incredibly uh, expensive, um, uh ship and tried to sail. And hit it. He almost died, but he did it. And so, <laughs> yeah, you can say that about him. Like, he almost died, but he, he pulled it through.
1: Right. And, and you've mentioned that this is kind of a, he has kind of a interesting status among, uh, the scholars in that area simply because, you know, he was the first person to bring attention to this archaeology. But at the same time, he's got some interesting ideas. And I know that Jeb has pointed out, because we've, we've brought Thor up before, and Jeb has pointed out that he's backed off on his, or he's appeared, he appears to have backed off on his hyper-diffusionism opinions, but there's still, you know, some hinky stuff out there that is not exactly uh, mainstream as far as accepted theory that he clings to. Um, but he did build the boat, yeah. and he did manage to get it from one coast to the other, but you know, there's... He wrote a book about it, too, um, and I'll put the, the name of the book in the show notes for everybody, but it's... It was an interesting challenge for him. Like, yeah, he did almost die, and... At the same time, I don't think just because he was able to do it in the modern era that we can, you know, say that that was happening not in the modern era when we don't have ships that can come and rescue us when we start to drown (laughs) and take on water. Um, Yeah. Well, let's go to break real quick, and when we come back, we will start discussing some of the interesting theories that exist about the, uh, the Moai Statue. The CRM Archaeology Podcast brings together a panel of cultural resource management professionals to discuss the issues that really matter to the profession.
0: Find out about networking strategies, job hunting, graduate programs, and much more. We'll often feature interviews with college professors, CRM business owners, and experts as well. Check out the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash CRM arc podcast. Let's get back to the show.
1: everyone and we are back and we are still talking about the moai and the easter also known as easter island statues and fernanda you you wanted to tell us about a theory about where the statues may have come from and it might have to do with aliens
0: Ah, yeah sure of course uh, I know that you have seen that awesome show called Ancient Aliens on History Channel. Never, so I've never seen it. So you may get show. an idea. <laughs> never, never seen it. Never heard of it? Ever. <laughs> and they what
1: eleven years it's been on the air. Never watched it once. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> eleven years. Oh my god. It's been a year. I think it's I think it's longer than that, but I can, I know it's been on at least I think there's ten seasons of it now. It's just ridiculous. It's like, oh, god, really? <laughs>
0: oh my god. Wow,
1: (laughs) time flies by (laughs) Oh man, there's so much, and they just repeat themselves now, it's just just the same stuff, just rehashed at this point But they have offered several weird ideas about not only where the statues have come from and of course they don't always agree with each other, but what the statues are supposed to represent as well and uh, it's almost (laughs) always aliens, just, you know, spoiler Yeah. Um, But so some of the theories behind the statue is, the statues are that the the rock is, is just far too hard to ever be carved by anything on Earth, and that we would have needed, like, lasers to carve this stone, and we have no idea how they could have possibly have lifted these stone things out of the ground. Therefore, aliens must
0: have just planted them all. What's but, wrong with sorry, that? Of course you're going you, to need a diamond point laser. A diamond point laser. <laughs> work that type of stone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no other way. Well, <laughs> no, no uh, yeah, other way we, in the world. Uh, I hear that a lot <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah, I actually hear that a lot. Like, I've I had like this, I, I must admit, uh, tipsy discussions parties <laughs> where people <laughs> always tend to say like, but dude, like, why is it so impossible to make? And I'm like, no, like, I'm, I'm about to slap him and say it, like, please don't say that again, ever. <laughs> uh it's because um a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people don't know but uh, uh the moais are made from like a, i said before a volcanic toa the, the island itself has a volcanic origin so there are a lot of uh igneous rocks on the island you have obsidian uh you have a basalt a basalt and also you have toba. and from those three toba, it's kind of easy to work like you can actually work it pretty easy. And they have found the axes. They have found there are a lot of, um, oh my God. I the, ground, the, word the ground, the ground axes, aren't they? They've been yeah, made, out of, the made out of a hard and the quarries, yeah. And, and they have found the moais in the quarries. They have found uh, the axes in the quarries. They have found uh, moais like are not completely built in the quarry, but right. still somehow it's impossible to believe that all of that together can somehow point to the fact that people made them and not alien overlords, like for some right. reason. Right. And the moe the that they found in the,
1: in the, still in these quarries, because like she was saying, it's a, it's, it's a volcanic island, there's all of this material, and the stone is very soft and porous, kind of. It's, it's as easy to carve as soapstone, I believe, is what we were discussing last time. And anybody who's listened to the podcast in the in the past has heard Ken talk about his uh, soapstone quarry and how the bowls there are made. And the Moai seem to follow a very similar process where they're carving, I believe you told me this last time, they, they carve the statue into the stone at the quarry and they leave like a little pedestal on the back of the statue. So they like yeah, complete they... the statue at the quarry and then they chunk it out and lift it out of the quarry, and then we'll discuss later how they get the statue to where they're going to put it.
0: Yeah, they, they use the they spaceships do, to, to do the that. The spaceships, yes. Like, yeah, yeah. With yes. the giant
1: claw. there's just not a, way. a claw yeah. game. Yeah. Picks them up and just <laughs> carries them that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just
1: want to see that, like it's a <laughs> flying saucer with a giant claw and it's like, like hovering. I it's awesome.
0: I really hope that if alien overlords, I'm I I'm, I'm actually have to bet with someone. Like At least one of the ships has to have a claw it for does. building pyramids and wise.
1: Right, because like, it's the only way it, it makes it, sense. It, it, it's it's the crane no... ship.
0: Yeah.
1: So we know how these are getting carved and we know where they're getting carved from and we have the tools that were used to carve them, but yet we still, people are still defaulting to the concept of aliens or the concept of the need for an advanced culture to have made these, even though we have ample evidence that that's not necessary.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad because uh, I think it's part of us, like part of the population wants, wants a mystery and we kind of solve it. Like we know, for example, how the Moai moves, How they move the Moai. Uh, Yeah. They, I I know that you have seen the video in which um, it's called Aku Aku in the oral tradition, like the process in which the Moai walks. Like in the oral tradition, they would say that the Moai walk uh, from the quarry to its Haku or platform. Uh, So at first they were saying like, dude, these guys must be like really drunk or high because there's no way that stone is going to walk. Right, But actually some archaeologists a few years ago did an experiment in which uh, through ropes, they started moving the moai from side to side, like swinging it, uh, a standing moai from side to side, and uh, uh, it would move. And they proved that, uh, and they moved it, I don't know how many hundred meters uh, in just a few minutes. So through that, they could prove that there was a way to move the moai that, didn't involve spaceships. Like we can do it, <laughs> but still, I think that uh, it's one of those. It's one of those things that I think that people want to have a mystery. The like they don't want to let go of the fact that perhaps why are like. Even though I mean, we know that they're a form of their ancestors, a representation of them. Uh, we know how they made them and how they moved them. Uh, we still don't know, like, you could have made a small statue, but you decided to make a big one. Like, that's one, I think that's one of the mysteries that we haven't solved, like the size. Why the size? Because we know that they start from small to a a, a huge size. But still, I think it's kind of this need that people have sometimes to have mystery in their lives. Like, uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure that Perhaps it has something to do with that. Like, archaeologists are, are mean, and we're taking <laughs> that mystery and adventure for it from them.
1: Well, I mean, we do get accused of that a lot, especially when it comes to the Moai. Um, there's been several accusations that have been... You know, for a long time, we didn't, we didn't know that some of the Moai had bodies. We thought that they were just heads. And once uh, excavation started on the statues, they found that they were buried in the ground and that's how we know that <laughs> they have, to, have
0: I have to stop you there because okay. um the the classic uh Rapa Nui uh, Easter Island uh, picture of the moais mm. is right. uh as you said a lot of moai's on a uh, uh, on a line and right. uh, those moai's have a body right like, but the, the one standing but, but there's so many of them that are buried up to their necks Yeah, there are are more of uh, 900 Moais on the island. A lot of them never made it out of the quarries, but still there are like more than 300 Moais on the island and many of them got tipped over on different political conflicts or they get buried. Uh, And and know that uh, just before uh, the the Dutchess arrived, the island went through a lot of... uh, of inner conflict. And part of that conflict was uh, represented in the fact that uh, a lot of obsidian tools or matas were made which were basically weapons. And also because you start uh, uh, seeing more and more tipped Moais from that time. So through dating we know that um, a lot of uh, Moais at once were up completely up like full body mm-hmm. uh, on the surface got all tipped over or buried. So when people say uh, when people say that uh, archaeologists kind of hid from them the fact that the Moais had a body, it's like no. Like look at the rest of the standing Moais on the island. Like we had right, to right. Uh, archaeologists had to rebury them for uh, for respect to the, the the Rapa Nui people, but. More than that, I'm I'm not pretty sure that there's the, a huge mystery there.
1: No, no, to us, there's not. But to the, you know, we as archaeologists have a really hard time communicating with people outside of our field. And yes. this is a common theme that we get we hit on in our podcast as well. <laughs> yes. And I think that has not helped the cause of, no, no, we've known that the the statues have bodies. Um, How do we know... Since, since you brought it up, how do we know through dating that the, um, the statues were tipped over? Because you can't date rock. So what are we using as a dating technique when we're, we're looking at that? Of course, the, the amping up of the uh, weapons production is a really neat um, kind of telltale marker there. That's, that's a neat way of, of understanding that there was a conflict there. But um, how else are we knowing from the soils and stuff that uh, the, t- the statues were buried at a certain point?
0: If I'm not mistaken, uh, from what I remember, is that uh, they carbon dated, uh, when they excavated uh, around it or beneath it, they they carbon dated what they find. But I'm I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. So if anyone out there wants to contradict me or uh, tweet slap me, you can do it. It's okay. <laughs> probably wow, gonna gonna, be a bit she's, gonna, on. she's taking that one on
1: <laughs> yeah you, you just asked for a whole world to hurt there <laughs> um, so we're using dating techniques with the probably carbon fourteen dating around the the areas because there's probably plenty of things to to, to date in soil there um and we know it's a conflict thing or at least it was occurring at the same time as the conflict that the statues were getting buried, but you previously had mentioned um that maybe some of these spirit, are, we know the statues represent ancestors and you had previously mentioned in a, in a conversation that we had had earlier that maybe some of these statues were being purposefully buried, kind of like, like a retirement or a death. Is that a possibility?
0: I think that perhaps, um, uh, more than a death. Uh, I'm not, I'm not pretty sure that, uh, a, a group of, uh like an inner group of Nui would do that to their own statues. Like uh even even though I, I believe that I think that um perhaps I, there are a lot of statues and a lot of years pass by and oral tradition is not really accurate about exactly what happened. So I think that the possibility that perhaps an inner conflict between a group angry at their ancestors uh, it's just as possible as interconflict between groups. But I can imagine that in a f- failing ecosystem, in a, in a very, because um, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, perhaps our, your listeners are familiar, but um, Rapanui ecosystem was very fragile. Like when they got there, we know through, through pollen and columns and, and, and different type of analysis that it was a very fragile ecosystem. And by the time the Dutches arrived, like a few years before them, uh, it was collapsing. We know that there have been like there have been a few less studies that talk about the use of uh, different uh, uh, small agriculture and a few attempts to try to I'm I'm thinking compensate the fact that most of the bigger flora had been completely wiped out. Um, so we're talking like trees perhaps, and stuff. Yes. Yes. And palms and palm trees and stuff like that, that could give them wood, for example, for their boats so they can fish in the open sea uh, and, and different materials. So I can't imagine that a culture that is going through all of that can have a lot of reasons to be angry at their ancestors and their neighbors' ancestors. So, yeah, right. I think that both options are pretty plausible. So we're thinking
1: that when the island very first became populated, it, it was already experiencing a failing ecosystem when they got there?
0: When, when Rapa Nui got there? Right. Is that what you were saying? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that uh, when they got there, um, it was the island, because of it is an island, it is a more fragile ecosystem. Okay. It's a, it had a
1: fragile ecosystem when they got there and then, you know. Humans being humans, we helped out with
0: that. Okay. Um. We're good at that. Actually, I think, Um, (laughs) yeah. Actually, Jared Diamond (laughs) on Collapse, on his book Mm -hmm. Collapse, uh, used Easter Island, like the collapse of the environment and and basically uh, social conflict generated by that on Easter Island as an example for what's going to happen to the rest of us by pretty soon, I'm assuming. If climate change keeps keeps going on.
1: But I just I can just see us taking down all of our statues then and burying them because we're angry at our ancestors. Um, yeah, all of these little statues of Washington buried up to his neck. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Send your hate mail I just too.
0: It. Yeah, I just imagine it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um okay. <laughs> so we've ruled out aliens and uh and all that, because... Have we? It wasn't Have we truly? So. Have we truly? Yeah, I'm going to rule we'll out aliens. <laughs> I don't know. I am still. I do like this idea of a flying saucer with a giant claw that I made it. That does seem to be entertaining. But there have been some accusations that um, the statues were uh, not necessarily made by the culture that they're attributed to. That, that there was another culture that came to the island... And then helped the indigenous peoples there
0: build statues. Oh, yeah. Like the. To communicate (laughs) with. Yeah. The whole hyper diffusion Um, hypothesis to not attribute the culture that's actually there for their progress. Yeah, yeah. I I know that. Right. It sounds familiar, like vaguely familiar.
1: Right, right. No one's ever heard this (laughs) idea before. Do we have any evidence of any variety that supports the idea that? another, that a culture bearer society came over to the island and then instructed the, the the natives there to start building these statues. Do we have any evidence that backs that kind of a claim up? Uh,
0: no. <laughs> Thor Heyerdahl <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Thor Heyerdahl uh, on his hypothesis of the population of Polynesia, when he one of the things he says like 60 years ago is that uh, and, and could improve, basically, was that people from the Tawantinsuyu, from the Inca Empire, had traveled uh, to Easter Island and then to, uh, to Polynesia. And that you can see the influence and in different statues on the Tawantinsuyu, which is funny because the Tawantinsuyu itself didn't have that type of statue. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, on Easter Island. We're attributing so traits right. to cultures that don't have them. Yeah, because he was he was kind of saying that uh, Tiwanaku, like he was comparing Tiwanaku statues, which are in the also in the Andes, uh, uh, to to the to the moai. So he kind of uh, picked on that and said that well, uh, Tiwanaku influenced every single other culture after it. So it's very possible that when the Inca traveled there. They brought it with them, so it was like really far fetched but uh, <laughs> besides that there's actually no evidence because up until this point, um gloda chronology and DNA kind of confirms that Papua population comes from Polynesia, and that there there's like this very very uh precise window in... Between the 800s and I think uh, a thousand years AD, uh, in in which um, they could have migrated to the island. So and after that, there's only a 200 year window. Yeah, uh, the during the last decade, there has been like a lot of like a lot like perhaps way too much debate on uh, when exactly was the island populated and, and which uh, carbon dates are the earlier?s years. Uh, there are guys that, for example, are saying that perhaps it was populated uh, 1200 uh, AD and not 800 AD, but uh, it's, uh, it's pretty much at least uh, DNA's uh, analysis. And I think Hubble Group's an al- analysis and glottic have established that it was just one migration. So if they got nothing from the outside until the 1700s. No, no, nothing from the outside, at least. And it's not also on their on their old tradition. Like they don't have uh, nothing that says that people came from the outside after they arrived.
1: Now, here's a question right before we go to break, um, because I I think this is another one of those really simply answered questions. Has there ever been, even though there have been claims of these things, has there ever been a moai statue found outside of the Easter Islands? Not transported away, but like discovered in Situ outside of the islands, the the Easter Island.
0: No, I think that one of the most uh, that that I know of. No, I know that there are some uh, subaquatic uh, moai statues like near the island, like they. Took this okay. tattoo to the sea. Huh. But I don't know, I, I, I'm not really sure of the context. Like, uh, I'm not as sure of the interpretations of how it got there or why, which I think it's more important. Um, right. But no, there's definitely, I know that there are replicas in a lot of parts, parts of the world. I know that uh, you can find found them in a lot of museums, but no, I haven't heard uh, of any fringe or serious archaeological theory. I mean, I think that I perhaps uh, uh, I'm mistaken there. Um, I haven't seen a fringe theory about that. I'm pretty sure that there must exist somewhere. There are, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there are theories among the fringe ta- that, or there are claims among the
1: fringe that there are east, that there are moai statues outside of the Easter Island, uh, Easter Islands, but. A close examination of those claims proves that these are usually either photoshopped or a misattributed photo, um, and you are confirming that there is no known, academically known, Moai statue found no outside of the Easter Islands, just ones that are apparently submerged, and we're not sure if that was a modern, like maybe the, the boat sank while they were taking it away to Dutchland, or wherever they went after they <laughs> had contact with them
0: so educated yeah i think that perhaps i think that perhaps the alien claw like god the alien claw just
1: like let go at the wrong. it claw. is it is
0: a possibility like we can discard that i mean
1: that game like, is right. hard the game's hard to win yeah <laughs> always letting go at the wrong time Yeah, we're gonna go to break real quick and when we come back we're gonna discuss i believe the representation of the moai in pop culture because there's a lot of it yes in archaeology is a show about archaeology by the women of archaeology an alternating panel of women archaeologists discuss the issues in archaeology that impact professionals and the public every day check out women in archaeology for a different perspective on the past today at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash wia now let's get back to the show and we are back, and we are still talking about the Easter Island statues, also known as the Moai. And, Fernanda, there have been a lot of representations of the Moai statues, or the Easter Island statues, in just everything. Um, most notably, there's a lot of them in cartoons. Um, there's a lot in the movies. I mentioned Night at the Museum. Um, and they the statues, the images of the statues themselves are so familiar that they're even used just kind of as one of those generic ancient mystery signs that are stamped on the backs of some of the fringe publishers' books as their symbols. So what, uh, what really fun uh, pop
0: culture references do we have to these, these statues
1: that we just love?
0: <laughs> well, I think that uh, we've been a very lucky generation because we've been uh, washed away by the uh, enormous amount of reference of uh, the Moai culture and things that have absolutely nothing to do with them. And, um, uh, I know that, that you have seen it, but there's this chapter of, uh, from, you have them from Gargoyles, the animated Disney right. series, uh, to Johnny quest, uh, the comic and this and the and the series. Um, you have them, for example, in Batman, Batman comics. Uh, there are a few uh, more recent refer- references, like for example in the series uh, American Dad, uh, and you have them on almost every. I don't. I don't think that every single, but in a lot of different like pop culture references, like uh, from comic books to cartoons uh and they are just only in the background they are the representation of alien overlords that kind of got stuck here so y- you can choose like from a wide variety like if if you are uh, an overlordy fringy you're gonna have your series but if you're more of a oh i like it in the background you can also have that like i do
1: i do like this link that you sent and i'll and i'll post it in the show notes. It's. I think it's it's literally a rep- uh, an image of every single time an Easter Island head has popped up <laughs> in some form of pop culture, and I mean it it goes back, man. It's yeah got uh, Animal Crossing. I mean that's not that old of a game. I realize, but you can get an Easter Island head in Animal Crossing. Um, you can, of course, they were in Tomb Raider, um, but apparently the Super Mario Land from 1989 has little
0: green oh, yeah. screen boy statues that you have
1: to jump over. Yeah, I like, remember those. this that. whole realm. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Super Mario Land had them. Um, there was a whole story, uh, a movie apparently, written and produced called Rappi Nui in 1994, where they have some really interesting, I didn't actually watch it. Is this the Kevin <laughs> Costner movie?
0: Yeah, it we is the Kevin Costner No, this was yeah. directed by Kevin
1: Reynolds Yeah. So there um, you go. Uh, it's directed by Kevin Reynolds. Um, I think it was produced, yep, by, produced Costner, by Kevin. Produced by Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, this is the Costner movie.
0: Yeah, so and, yeah, you know I it is accurate it, I, I, and I, I, without flaw. I, I didn't, I, I must admit that I watched it like uh, in the last two weeks uh, before we, uh, we started recording. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't watch it all. It was like homework for me. Like okay, I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna <laughs> try to see <laughs> every floor, and after like five minutes, I just stopped typing. Like <laughs> it, it was <laughs> no use. Like, I'm done. <laughs> it was too much. I'm sorry. Too much. Yeah, it was too much for me. Um, because even though some scenes were definitely filmed on the island, uh, most of the the cast, like didn't really have any resemblance to like and if you see the the, the cast on the internet, like if you type uh Rapanui movie and you try to to see anyone from from the cast, uh, mm-hmm. none of the names are Rapanui. Like they <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so common though to
1: do that. You know, we're going to make this movie about indigenous peoples, but we're not going to actually use any indigenous people in the
0: movie. Yeah. So, so- It is interesting
1: that like the um the kev- the the poster here, the promotional poster does show them like throwing ropes around what kind of looks like a Moai statue. Yeah. But they're using the log idea, like the rolling log idea that we Yeah. It's that up I'm pretty until sure that point, did not actually happen.
0: <laughs> up until that point, um, I I wouldn't actually discard that because there are a lot of archaeologists that I think that still uh defend that uh type of moving like that way of moving the wide. like they say, okay, you can walk yeah. it, but you can still have rolled it. Even they, even though they probably didn't have that many locks, they probably could have done it. I'm not saying they couldn't have. Yeah,
1: I know. It's like you're saying. It's just the uh yeah. Didn't the uh, island yeah, suffer but, really bad from deforestation yeah, due to the, yes. the population on it? Yeah,
0: yeah. partly, some say partly because they needed to, they needed the logs to move them wide. I think that personally, uh, probably the wood would have been more useful for canoes, for, for boats. Yeah. But it's, right. my, <laughs> but it's my interpretation. Yeah, the movie itself, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't really watch it at all. So I can I can give a full review of it but I can say that it's um uh, it's not def- it's definitely not a masterpiece of Hollywood but it's a good representation of how not to make a movie of a culture definitely
1: Yeah a culture that you apparently know nothing about
0: Yeah No it's, it's
1: interesting to me that um there's a the Godzilla versus Megalon Megalon if Ken was here, he would correct me. This Godzilla vs. Meglon in 1973 apparently has not only the the Easter Island statues in it, but also Moo, which if we had Jeb on here, <laughs> he could tell me a lot more about the connection between the mysterious island of Moo and these Easter Island statues. I may ask him about that next time I have him on the air. So oh, like, so, please hey, do. Jeb, tell me about that. Yeah. How do you, you know, like all about y- Easter Island statues you. on Mu. <laughs> And They're everywhere. Uh we'll see. Yeah. Oh, SpongeBob SquarePants has oh, yeah, Easter well, Island statues in it.
0: Yeah, I when I watched the when I saw the the page on the internet, was I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, how could I forget? Like, of course. Yeah. It's it's in Squidward
1: Squidward's home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Squidward's home
1: is a Moai head.
0: Yeah. One thing that I liked a lot about this is that for example in in the page they for example focus on details that uh I know that they were there, I know that they're like in the back of my mind. For example, that uh, the Rongo Rongo tablet that appears on the Johnny Quest uh has a yeah. writing that has nothing to do with the Rongo Rongo writing. And it's kind of Chinese, uh kind of um I, I wouldn't try to I, Definite, but it's definitely not rongo rongo. Like perhaps if you, I don't know, were drunk and trying to <laughs> represent <laughs> a mix between Japanese and rongo rongo, you would have that definitely.
1: Well, it's it's interesting because like we've discussed how the rongo rongo tablets themselves are wooden, and in the the real adventures of Johnny Quest, season one, episode twelve from 1996, for those of us who are old enough to remember that year, <laughs> um, it says here that the the tablet is metal, and there's this really cool picture of it next to the tablet, of course being discovered by the skeleton of a Moai, which is like a pretty human looking skeleton, but he's got what is basically a skeletal version of what the Moai heads <laughs> look like. So he's got this giant head and this rather human looking skeleton body. but yeah. it, it's interesting that even though we you know these rungarunga's tablets are wooden that they decided to go with a metal tablet.
0: Yeah, well, you know, alien overlords like metal, so it's okay, I guess. Well, I mean, if you were going to create a record to last a while,
1: you would think you would use metal. And only aliens want things to be lit, things to last a long time. So, yeah, but yeah, you you brought up um, <laughs> you brought up gargoyles. Uh, yeah, the, gargoyles if, if anybody has, remembers
0: the awesome cartoon gargoyles, yeah, yeah, they were betrayed by the humans that they had sworn to protect. It was it was a very awesome cartoon.
1: I love how this guy looks. He looks like a shriveled raisin inside of a green suit.
0: <laughs> his name is Nakar. Yeah. Like they even
1: gave him a name. Like his his <laughs> does does the name Nakar even sound like something that would come out of the Ravanui language?
0: No, not really. Like I'm I'm not uh, I'm not fluent in Ravanui in any way. But if I know something, it says uh, that's not Ravanui, like at all. Yeah, this.
1: It's interesting to me to see how the image of the statues and I mean, most of these pop culture references, they're almost all of them are aliens of some variety. There's a couple of them on here where they're just like sleeping giants and a couple of them where they're like stone monsters. And those are mostly the old comic books, old Marvel and DC comics kind of represent them as these slumbering giants that come crawling out of the ground to chase the heroes away or what have you, you know, and all these one-shots. But even the Choose Your Own Adventure uh, that has the Moai statues on it, it's Inside UFO 5440, which is a Choose Your Own Adventure <laughs> book number 12, if you're looking yeah, for Yeah, we, we had those in, um, China, in
0: Spanish, but we had those. I love those
1: the <laughs> best. But yeah, I mean, even those are doing the whole alien thing. So it's, it's interesting to me that these have almost always been associated with aliens for some reason
0: yeah I think that um the French got a hold very deeply of the, Moais, partly because of an idiomatic barrier. and uh, that idiomatic barrier had to do with the fact that while uh, excavations were conducted here in 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 Israel Island, they were done uh, at the time by people who spoke Spanish and would publish in Spanish. so uh, archaeological advances in what we knew about the the culture, the Rapa Nui culture, uh, didn't pass uh, up until uh, researchers that wrote in English and published in English and perhaps wrote in um, nat- National Geographic uh, magazines and could uh, widely be distributed, uh, be known to like the main public. Um, diffusion in general archaeology is a problem and I think that The French get hold of this like really quick, like very, very rapidly. Uh, I think that the Moai itself, it's a figure that it's very easy to imitate. Uh, uh, The outline of of the face is very easy to imitate. Uh, It's very compelling. It's uh, most of the times in the island or in a lot of times, it's just this giant head that pops up. So, yeah, if you want to let your imagination fly, you can do it like in a number of ways. There's this... Comic book in which um, the Moais are very human. Like the representation of the Moais in the comic are like very, very human-like. Like they're angry guys. Like, but with different factions. I think it's a Superman comic, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they, yeah they're kind of pissed and um, <laughs> angry Mois. Yeah, angry Moais, and uh, I think that it, it, because of people actually didn't in the rest of the world didn't know what was like truly happening with the the archaeological research uh, it was easier for for the French to take a subject and like uh, not only the French but like fantasy novels and comic books and whatnot and take right. and manipulate it like absolutely and and it was kind of your pick up uh, <laughs> it, it was kind of pick up your own story like it was exactly that like Okay, you got the Moai. Yeah. What do you want to do next? Evil overlords? Uh, ancient cures? Like, you can pick.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's and like you're saying, since there's it, since it's only recently that we've been and by recently I mean it lasts oh, about 50 years that we've been getting any kind of... Unfortunately we've finally gotten over the language barrier and are able to read the research that's being done on a wider base that I feel like I feel like the damage has probably already been done. Like we're always going to have these Easter Island statues, this image of the Easter Island statues, and it's always going to be even if we can get past the weird alien stuff. It's always going to be one of those kind of tongue-in-cheek symbols from here yeah. on out because there's they are so recognizable. There's nothing else really kind of like them, you know. They're and they're still as oddly shaped as they are. They're still compellingly human-looking. And so we can still identify with them on that, like, symbolic level, I think. Um, But at the same time, it's just, it's just interesting. Like, when you think archaeology, most people don't think Easter Island statues. But if you're like, you know, deep, dark secrets, I feel like a lot of people's imagination just immediately goes to that. Even though the Moai statues are probably one of the coolest archaeological, like, things to research in the last hundred years or better. You know, I mean, it's it's into neat niche you know they don't occur anywhere else they're very specific to this area they're very specific to a culture you know why was the culture doing this there's a lot of answers that we don't have about this and it doesn't come back to aliens i mean it's not just apparently pop culture really wants that to be the answer yeah but at the same time i don't know if we'll ever get past that weird mysterious aura that the statues have
0: yeah i think we're way past the turning point like right now uh, if you ask, I think I actually believe that if you ask someone uh, in Europe or in Asia uh, and you show them a, a picture of the why they they would have probably um, I, I don't want to be cocky, but I truly believe that it's one of those. It's just one of those things like they have used it for beer commercials, for headphone commercials. They have used it for everything. So uh, I believe that people are probably going to recognize it. Well, and you can buy so much weird
1: stuff that's made out of their heads. Like, I know you can buy a Kleenex box where the Kleenex comes out of the nostril of the Moai statue. So, like, I haven't seen that. Yeah, so like, you can have I, that. It, I have to know. have
0: that. I have to have that in my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will find the link for you and send it to you. Yeah. But yeah, you can get.
0: Please, there, please just let Samoa it be on Amazon. <laughs> well, there's uh, in Chile, there's actually this uh, pisco bottle. Like pisco, it's a, it's a drink. Uh, it's uh-huh. kind of uh, it's a liquor. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, it's kind of whiskey, but it's not it's booze. It's made of grapes. It's a booze. Thank you. Uh, and booze. you have like this very famous brand of booze uh, called Capel. Which uh, one of the, like, uh, until love, because one of the, like, they're huge uh, exporters of Pisco, of Chilean Pisco, which is sold actually very expensively in other parts of the world. Some, for some reason. (laughs) And like the main (laughs) brand that they have for exportation has a Moai bottle. Like it has, like, there are no vineyards in Easter Island, but they don't give a damn. Like we can if we like can a bottle market, is our shaped booze. like a moai yes and i'm gonna send you I need that one here. of these <laughs> i
1: need i need one of those i need to put it next to my crystal skull vodka bottle because that's that's where that needs to live yeah I, I i finally got one of those i'm just like oh it's so cool <laughs> i have a crystal skull full of vodka it's awesome yes <laughs> but, so uh so thank you very much for being on the show but Do you have any final thoughts or any points that we didn't hit that you feel like we just need to talk about before we go off air?
0: Um, Well, I like to say that uh, perhaps it's our job as archaeologists to uh, try and keep uh, talking about the Moais and not in an air of mystery, because that's kind of the thing that keeps feeding the fringe. And uh, we have to remember that there's a living culture there, like living on the island, and uh, uh, it's part of our job, like we don't, uh, we not only excavate, we also have to communicate to the rest of the planet and uh, we, with the Moais, we definitely gotta keep doing that. It's not aliens, it, even if we want to, it's not alien spaceship with a claw, it's people and they're alive still and we gotta respect them, even though the claw is cool, we gotta respect them.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and anytime you have a living people, I mean, anytime in general, but anytime you have a living people that is still trying to, you know, hold on to their culture, because it's theirs, we need to be a little bit more sensitive about it. And I think it's important that we, because it's like with the whole Native American thing, a lot of people don't realize that Native Americans are still real, like, they're, they're still people, they still exist. And I think it's the same kind of thing with the Rappi Nui. I think a lot of people you know they think easter island they just think these statues and these stones and they don't realize that there's still a people living there you know doing the same thing we do every day you know they get up and they go to work and they come home and you know they're people they do things (laughs) um but yeah we should respect (laughs) we should respect their culture and that's a lot of why we need to kind of maybe suck some of the mystery out of these easter island statues yeah definitely well thank you very much for being on the show uh, this has for been having a lot of me. fun, and I'm glad that you were able to give us your knowledge base on these
0: fascinating statues. Well, thanks a lot for inviting me, it was my pleasure.
1: Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. Our music was provided by Archeosoup Productions. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us on itunes or stitcher and share us wherever you use social media you can contact us with your questions comments or angry email at archiefantasies at gmail.com you can follow the podcast at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com slash archiefantasies you can follow the blog at www.archiefantasies.com and get updates on tumblr and twitter at Archie Fantasies. You can also look for us on Facebook. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, go to the podcast website at www.archeologypodcastnetwork.com slash Fantasies. Thanks again for listening.
0: No, we don't do dinosaurs. No, we don't do dinosaurs.
1: We don't do dinosaurs. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle. And edited by Richie Cruz. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.